Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It's that wonderful time once again for the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place. We're right in the Bucketorium in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. My name's Steve. I'm in Kurt's house. What's up, Kurt? Oh, not a whole lot. Yeah, he's here. And longtime listener, first time sitting guest, old Brian Johnson sitting in here. What's going on? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Thanks You're for joining good. us. Do you like okay. that we put you on blast right away? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great for you to be here. We're drinking some bush lattes in the studio. You're kind of filling in for Eric because uh, Eric's the old pitching away at the old second shift. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've already said more than he would anyway on the episode. But yeah, Eric exactly. will be back soon, real soon. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough getting through without him. But uh, hey, we're making uh, making hay while the sun's shining. He almost took a vacation day to podcast today. Yeah, he did. He almost <laughs> took a vacation day, man. I'm sick and tired of not being there. I'm like, I know, brother. I know it'll happen again. That's all right. He's here in spirit. Yeah, he is. But uh, you know, we uh, it's hard to do the podcast without Eric. We absolutely could not do the podcast without our wonderful partners over at Elite Archery. Check out EliteArchery.com. They've got everything's rolling out. The field staff's killing it on the on the tournament trail and. 
A lot of cool things are happening with them. We are, Check them out. I said we are on the podium a lot because, I, I mean, we're part I mean, of the we, team. We, yeah. I just felt so part of the team that I said we, and I'm kind of proud of that. But, no, really, though, um, Elite Archery's killing it. The Impulse is still going on. Check out the Impulse. My dad shoots a Impulse 31. Yes, he does. Loves that bow. I have the Tempo, which is kind of a hybrid between the Synergy and the Impulse. So I kind of got, you know, it's all tuned up, all nice. It is. A lot. Real nice looking, right? Real nice. And, uh, you know, you got a nice little HHA slap down there. Mm-hmm, sure do. Single pin nation, lifetime warranty, American made, supports our veterans. I mean, mm-hmm. if H- you don't shoot one, I mean, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> HHAsports.com. Uh, big shout out to Scent Crusher, too. I've uh, had to use Scent Crusher recently because in the hot days uh, and me not being able to get my workout clothes. You forgot your gold bond. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I had to had to crush some scent real quick in the uh, in the in the work truck and my workout clothes. Funny story about scent crusher, real quick. So I got married the other weekend. Um, yay! Everyone's cheering. So uh, oh yeah, Mrs. Kurt Geyer, <laughs> our good buddy, let us borrow some uh, tables and chairs, and he came over and picked up all the tables and chairs on Sunday, the day after the wedding, and in his back seat of his truck, he has for some reason a kennel full of three ducks in the back of his truck and i'm like and they had just shit everywhere like all oh. over his doors and he's like oh, i guess i'll run the the ozone go in there for 30 minutes and it'll be just fine he and got the ducks out of there didn't he no he let them in there he just you know they're just ducks you know what I'm uh, well now the ducks don't no smell. i'm just kidding <laughs> he got rid of them but he's like yeah he's like i'll just run a cycle in there and it'll be fine wipe the doors off run a cycle of ozone and good to go can't yeah, pick it. one up for my uh, my pickup. Yeah, you're going to need one. You don't have one yet? You said you're going to pick one up? Going to pick one up, yeah. Well worth it. Well, we should maybe be giving one away, sneak peek, uh, coming up soon. Maybe maybe you could win. We'll give you a fair chance. All right. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of uh, winning, someone who's winning at uh, processing deer meat, Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Good old Scott Smith right down there in lovely Viola, Illinois. Finest. Uh Oh man, I just I, I, a, I didn't know. I just had a brain fart. I thought you ran out of breath. No, I just had a brain <laughs> fart. I was gonna say finest deer processor, <laughs> finest deer processor in eastern Iowa and western west central Illinois. Man, what a great plug! He's proud, man. He's proud. So, sorry, Scott. Thanks for all of our spo- uh, sponsor support for the show. Um, Steve's got me all flustered now, so we better move on to the veteran shout out quick. And Brian, you're gonna. You're going to get that hit that vet shout-out, aren't you? Yeah, got a vet shout-out to my buddy uh, Eric Hansen, U.S. Army. Uh, he just got home last year, so kind of getting back into the civilian life and wanting to get back into hunting pretty heavy, so we're getting started. Nice. Well, mate, thank him for his service, and uh, hopefully he gets in the woods and uh, knocks down a slob. For sure. Does he know about the podcast? i got to get him turned on to it. Now he'll have to listen. Uh, right. no, no, so, no. Now we take back everything good we said about him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're uh, we're happy he's uh, he's in civilian life. He only served his country, and uh, we thank him for that. For so, sure. Good deal. Let's. A lot of things going on in the hunting industry right now. Wait, I just want to ask one thing. Brian, are, do you live in Illinois or Iowa? Illinois. Yes. <laughs> all right, finally we can do a decent podcast, all Illinois boys. That's right. <laughs> all right. So uh, whatever number episode this is, I think jump back to episode 156, I believe. I kind of went on a rant, and uh, this is related to the rant. I went on a rant about the 
uh, Wild Game Nation crew <laughs> and their uh, <laughs> their edition of their show called Miss Wild Game Nation. And we kind of had some negative stories as far as like an experience we had with one of the Insta famous hunters um, and Matt Busbus's words. Um, some stories and negative experiences we've had. And uh, so needs to say, we, we were hating a little bit. We were hating. Oh, we were sipping and, Haterade uh, like it was going out of style. I just want to say I'm, we're here to uh, apologize to absolutely no one. <laughs> <laughs> little trick out of Conor McGregor's book there. But uh, so what's going on? I mean, everybody already knows what we're going to talk about now because by the time this podcast airs, it's everywhere. It already is everywhere, and we're just a few days into this. You know what's funny? I watched that like last night where he well, goes. let's talk about what we're. Oh, other McGregor uh, I'd like thing. to apologize. Absolutely nobody. Give me my second build. <laughs> so, so we kind of went on a rant, and I find, I sort of felt bad after I did it. I'm like, man, I don't know. Maybe that was like a negative, uh, a, a negative light. You know what I mean? And, and what we were doing, and uh, but I don't feel bad at all. You know, especially now. So what happened was I get on the old in interweb yesterday and I, there's all these articles popping up and I see wild game nation, bill Busbus. Well, if you're unfamiliar, the, the Busbuses are the family from wild game innovations and they have a show called wild game nation. And then they have their little like edition of the show or however you want it with miss wild game nation, where they make three chicks from the internet that probably have no idea what the hell they're doing and they make a show around them because they're pretty and then matt probably just flirts with them i don't watch it because it's i it's fucking stupid and i and i choose not to support that part of the hunting industry because there's literally it's annoying to me and it's there's nothing i can gain from it in my opinion and i would much rather watch steve ranella teach me something and represent the industry in a positive educational way done the correct way um, and get a history lesson too. Why I watch my hunting? I don't want to be. I don't want to be killing brain cells. I mean, if I want to do that, I'll drink with Steve every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or listen to me rant. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happened is there's this all these articles popping up about the Busbis family with Bill Busbis. Um, apparently shot and left some elk away. Um, you know he's probably. I don't know what. No one knows yet. Probably the time. Uh, no, I think the the story did come out with the reports. What, <clears throat> from what my understanding is, they were hunting on their own proper their own private property, and some others other hunters snitched on them when they're on their own property. Which I don't do illegal things, even if it is your own property. But also, don't snitch on people when they're on their own land. You know, I got, well, hold on. So this is four hours ago. Um, this is dated. June 27th. This is on OutdoorHub.com. OutdoorHub's been... I think they were one of the the first people to post the article that I that I saw. Oh, that's a terrible mugshot to put up. <laughs> of Bill Busbis. <laughs> yeah, with an um, elk in the background. So this other article is dated 22 hours ago. So this would be the 20... By the time we're talking about this, it's like the 20... What day is it? I don't. It's the twenty seventh today. So this article came out June twenty sixth. Is um. So let's read that one first. Bill Busbis, host. This is on OutdoorHub.com. Bill Busbis, host of Wild Game Nation on Outdoor Channel, has reportedly been sentenced for intentionally allowing an antlerless elk to go to waste 
and for hunting without a proper license. Um, according to the Star Tribune, Busbis appeared before Lincoln County Circuit Court Judge Frank Zibri, who sentenced him to one and a half years of unsupervised probation and ordered Busbis to pay $23,000 in fines and restitution and will lose his hunting and fishing privileges across 45 <sighs> states until 2019. Unsupervised provision. It pays to be white, people. Good Lord. Really? He doesn't have, he doesn't have to go see a P.O.? <laughs> I guess not. I don't know. Um the original news release from the Wyoming Game and Fish Department, so it was in Wyoming. Yeah, on a ranch um, they own up there, apparently. Was taken down due to inaccurate information, and representatives of Mr. Busbis have also asked us to remove the original press release from our website. Other sources are reporting, however, that Bill Busbis was observed on October 16, 2016, shoot and kill a female calf, and then a bull elk on a ranch Busbis owns himself. Um... The case started on October 16th, 2016. Um, a report from a group of hunters that had observed a possible wildlife violation on the Spring Creek Ranch, which is owned by Busbis on Labarge Creek. The hunters who watched Busbis and the other man who was with him that day say they saw the men walk to both carcasses, leave, and then eventually turn and retrieve the bull elk with a backhoe, but left the calf out in the field to go to waste. Apparently, this is in quotations um, from the game warden, Chris Baird. Apparently, there was a younger man with the hunter who had a video camera and appeared to be filming the hunt. They watched the hunter shoot one elk, presumably a cow, and then shoot a bull. The first elk fell with around 60 yards of where the bull went down. They observed the hunter and the cameraman walk up to, walk up to look at the bull, and then leave the area, area said the game warden. Um... Busbis was cited before the incident in 2016 for purchasing a resident elk tag, even though he was not a resident. He was also cited for purchasing more than one, more, more than the authorized number of deer tags and paid uh, just over $1,400 in fines for those violations. Um, and then here's a video of Bill Busbis crossbow hunting white-tailed deer. I watched that video. He seems like he's drunk all the time. Yeah, there's people like that. So what's I mean, the, there is, but so what's the skinny? There was some. So there was an updated one. Oh, I got ads playing. Oh, Marvin Waffle House. All right, get to the uh, the breaking news. The the most updated one. Okay, what was this? Is four hours ago, um, and I love. Okay, breaking news. Outdoor Sportsman's Group Networks indefinitely suspends Bill Busbis and Wild Game Nation. So um, yeah, homie, you got to take an L for that one. So. What I'm curious is to find out, maybe it'll say in this article, um, is if the uh, Miss Wild Game Nation's down as well. Um, killing those insta-huntress's dreams, son. You know what I mean? Hey, not saying we had anything to do with it, but... Uh, I'm just saying we call it. We can predict the future. Dude, listen to this podcast. If you if you want to get a grasp on what's real, son, we're the realest <laughs> thing you got. Hey, we just got a, we just got a hankering for good character and bad character, you know what I mean? Hey, man. I'm yeah, not, I, which I still don't. I still don't know why Brian's sitting in this room. <laughs> Look at this guy. His, bro, his brother's got a better beard than him. So, <laughs> oh, he got a little flavor saver going on. Man, I get it. So well, let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about these articles quick, and I want to skim them over that way the listeners can kind of hear what yeah. we're talking about, and then let's let's get into what we each think about it and like how we were how we feel about it. Um, so this is through Outdoor Hub as well. Outdoor Hub's a good website. I, I, I enjoy a lot of the stuff they put out, but I will say your ads suck, man. You guys got to tone down. There's too much clickbait on here. Just, it's my opinion, but I, I will continue to read your shit. Okay. 
The following is a press release from the Outdoor Sportsman's Group Networks regarding their suspensions of Bill Busbis and the show Wild Game Nation. After Busbis was sentenced for intentionally leaving a cow out to go to waste and illegally hunting without a proper license. Um, after Yeah, so they'll uh, suspend Bill Busbis Jr. and Wild Game Nation after charges in Wyoming. Um, they suspended the show Wild Game Nation and host Bill Busbis Jr. from appearing on Outdoor Channel. So all together? Everywhere? Um, maybe? The announcement was made today by Jim... I don't know how to say his last name, Liberator, CEO and president of Outdoor Sportsman's Group Network. So the suspension is effective immediately. Outdoor Sportsman's Group is committed to legal and ethical hunting. That's awesome that that he says that just flat out, which he has to, you know. Um, We have strict policies and procedures in place that require all of our talent producers to be able to abide by all hunting regulations. We have told our employees to the highest of standards and um, we hold our employees to the highest of standards in order to ensure that we are effectively serving the outdoor community. As a result of the recent charges in Wyoming involving Bill Busbis Jr., we have suspended the show and Busbis indefinitely from Outdoor Channel. Um, so that's awesome. Um, I have a lot of respect for the network for that, for sure, because if it would have just kept on, I think you'd have a lot of people boycotting and basically doing away with and it's good for the underground hunters, the underground shows, the small shows and stuff like that. What What do you guys think? We'll start with you, Steve, since you're going to have something, you know, kind of off the wall to say. <laughs> I uh, And then we'll just get smarter as we go from you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me pull the handy beer shark out here so I can get me a drink. Yeah, they're, they're not a sponsor, nor will no, they ever not. be. No. <laughs> I just think it's kind of cool. All right. So... The original story that I read, I don't know how true it is. And, again, you know, I got to take this. We'll we'll know more. The story I read was he took four shots at this bull elk and then finally dropped it. Do you remember what what source? It was one of the – because Facebook's been sharing it like – I didn't read that one. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. There, well, there's like six or seven that are going yeah, around. There's one from bowhunting.com as well. Yeah. So here's here's what I gather – um, things happen, uh, especially when you, you know, travel out of state, there's so many rules and regulations and laws, and that's, <clears throat> that's not giving them a pass. But on the other hand, if you're going there, you better know exactly what's going on. <clears throat> I agree. That being said, I, the, the whole thing seems kind of weird to me because these guys got a lot of money. And if you're oh, buying yeah. property, they own there. Wild Game Innovations, the company yeah. that makes Flextone and Wild Game uh, trail cameras and and all that. So if you're if you bought enough property, I would make sure that you can't see other hunters. Which here's what's kind of weird to me, and I, again, I this is just kind of going off the rails. But how did these other hunters see these guys if they were on their property? That makes I, me wonder where they were kind of hunting. What I think is that doesn't matter at all in this instance. No, but the, it, the point is he shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah, no, and he shouldn't have been doing it. And like, what where that point's going to bring into? It's like okay, the editing film magic. Now that these guys just happen to see this, you know, now you got to question every single other kill that happened. You know, there's been a lot for of, sure. For sure, it's <clears> like you know what I mean. Someone, it's like when a um, how do we compare it to? 
Uh, we were reading through the comments on their Facebook pages, and me and Brian were looking before, yeah. and it's like almost like a sports athlete getting busted for something stupid and ruining his career, or an actor, Kathy Griffith, or like uh, Brian, <laughs> like uh, some comment compared. How would they compare it? It was like um, a teacher having relations with a student, you know, it just ruins your career overnight, something like that. So Right. And it, oh, I, yeah, and it ruins my whole, whole childhood because that never happened to me. Uh, you know uh, yeah it it questions everything you do and if you take one thing unethically and again maybe we don't have the whole story i would maybe we don't uh, maybe we don't possible it's very possible we don't have even close to the whole story yet here is the skinny he pleaded guilty obviously he did something look we, we all make mistakes but I'd personally like to get more information. Here's what I'm concerned about, and I'm sorry I'm going to keep cutting you no, off. No, you're good. You're good. We're this deep in here. We don't have – this is what we know. And there's several articles that all say something similar. And he yeah. pleaded guilty. That says a lot, too. Mm-hmm. There's no public statement on any of their pages no. at the recording of this podcast. If the right thing to do would be we got to clear some shit up. Yeah. And if he did – you know, if he pleaded guilty, like, hey, guys, I made a mistake, like – I kind of panicked. I shot a young cow, and I just didn't know what to do. I was embarrassed by it. I just wasn't thinking clearly. Like It's easier to own up that way than to hide behind something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it just, it, you know, where it brings back these, these cats that saw him, maybe they shot that. They were just going to get some, you know, some camp, camp meat, you know, and weren't even going to tag it, and then they got... They saw, oh, man, they're watching. They better shoot that, too. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I'm not going to be the first one to say what happened. However, here's the circumstances. Yes, he pleaded guilty. I don't know the whole story, but I'm pretty sure they're sponsored by Under Armour. Is that not a correct thing? I, I Pull up Wild Game. Yeah, because I, I was trying to find it if they are. And if here's, here's where I'm going to go after because I'm going to you know kind of branch off a little bit. If they are, because I saw one of them had an Under Armour hat. If Under Armour doesn't drop them, and they dropped the uh, Bomars, and they dropped the Bomars over a legal kill, and they don't drop them over him getting charged with a crime, that's a valid point. But I don't. They're not. Yeah, they don't seem like the most athletic of people. That I don't know. And I mean, normally it's like they're like the hunt athletes. Look yeah. it up. Look it up, bud. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look that up. I'll, I'll get back to it. You ran. What's I want, Brian? What's your whole like take on this whole situation? <clears throat> um, depends on I mean where you're going with it or what you're looking for. Like, um, yeah, what he did was wrong um, for sure. And he got he's got slapped with the fines and uh, was it like a year and a half no hunting? Yeah, the, unsupervised the fine, probation. Yeah. That's the whitest thing you could ever get. <laughs> well, no, I guess no I, peeing in a cup. Nothing. I read an article. Something that if he messes up, he's looking at some jail time. Okay. One hundred and eighty-nine days or something like that. But I mean, I mean, it's just like monetary. I mean, that's not even an issue for him. That's just that he just writes a check for that. So right. Um, I don't know if the, the year and a half no hunting is maybe enough for something like this. I mean, and you probably can't treat everyone differently depending on your title. Do you so. think that would be enough for something like this? Have you pleaded guilty and everything is true, assuming? Man, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think uh, if you – I mean, they were they were clearly trying to hide it, and there's evidence showing it. So it's, right. It I, is poaching, regardless yeah. of what anyone says. I don't know if a year and a half is enough or not, really. Right. It's tough, man. Like, it's almost like a weird guilt to tell someone they can't hunt for a year and a half. It's kind of weird, especially – I mean, it's. I would say hunting is how he makes his living, but he has his business – so I mean, no matter what, is it, I mean, I, 
What do you, what, what's your opinion, Brian, on how do you think that a wild game – we'll get to that here in a minute, Steve. <laughs> how do you think wild, like, the company will suffer now? Um, or do you think it will? Do you think it matters? Man, it depends. Uh, there's. I was just kind of looking over some of the comments and stuff. Like Wild Game Nation just put out 20 minutes ago a little um, article here that the CEO is just taking everything in. He's looking for all the facts to you first before he makes any decisions. Oh, that was on their Facebook? Yep, r- very recently. Um, oh, I just I missed that then. And just that must have just came out right before we started recording. Yeah, yeah, we're 22 minutes in. It was like 20 minutes ago. So really? Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of people that are kind of talking and saying, you know, if you if you obviously the guy was guilty and you just allow this, you know, then you're going to lose a lot of customers, a lot of respect from the whole hunting industry, which right. is it's very true. So it's interesting for sure. Um, I don't know. And there's people probably wondering why we're talking about this, but this affects our industry in a way. And I feel like it needs discussed. I personally think that, you know, Steve, you made a good point earlier. There's so many different regulations from state to state. You know, if it was something small, uh, like for, for example, Lee Lukoski got busted for something very minor and small and he owned up to it. And it was, um, I can't remember the exact details, but I remember like, I was like, Oh, no big deal. Like, Oh yeah. Owned up to it. And Lee Lukoski is one of the biggest names in the industry. Bigger than, bigger than Busbus, In my opinion, if you put the two together, I was like, Lee Lukoski is the man over him. That happened to pig man too. And he's like, dude, he, he goes, Hey, look, has been up to a lot of this too. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with spook spans from spook nation. Mm -hmm. Kills monster deer. I don't know. There's a lot of controversy with that. I don't want to get into. Yeah. Spook, well, well, with with Pigman, he was like, he goes, "Look, I'm guilty." He goes, "I made a mistake," and he's like, "I'm not going to give you detail." Like he didn't give too many details, but he owned up to it right away. I mean, you know, there's no way that you're having a name like Bill Busbis, and this shit's just going to get swept under. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you you can't be a top guy. And expect something like this to just be swept under. So right. where they messed up is they should have chopped this off before. They should have chopped the head off of this snake immediately. That day, the minute they talked to that game warden, well, the thing eh, is too, I guess though, maybe the lawyers could, could have had something. about. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm talking. But as a smart thing to do was you should have been like, dude, look, we're in some trouble here. We made a mistake. Actually... You probably shouldn't have even just committed the mistake in the first place, but, but the thing, it happened. The thing with this have, is, could it have been something like a, I mean, like a turkey kill? There's, there's guys have got two turkeys, one shot, right? Not maybe not as likely with like an elk, but more likely though, you call the DNR. This is what happened. Yep. It was an accident. Like, what can I do here? Um, what do I need to do here? And if you if you take care of it right then and there, and you're honest, hey, I shot. I meant to shoot at one turkey. I hit two turkeys. It was in the moment. What do I need to do? Do I need to pay a fine? Can I get another like salvage tag? Is there something I can do? Here? Yeah, it, it's worth doing that. Then okay, I'm not gonna I'm gonna leave this thing waste, and then someone sees it, and then it looks like you just poached a turkey. Exactly. Sure. And but and, hold on, I want to make a point here because yeah, because I'm gonna say something dumb. I, I think that he should lose his hunting license for ten years. I don't think he, you know, in my mm. opinion, excuse my French, fuck him, because this is why. Imagine you shot a doe, and you walked up. You shot a doe and a buck with a bow, a gun, whatever. Oh, what a great day! And you walk up and look at it, and then you're like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna take the buck." And you let, leave that doe lay there. Would you ever like you? No one would ever do that, right? It's, yeah, no. It's so unethical. That's against everything as hunters, ethical hunters know. Is like you don't do that. Right. You don't want it go to waste. You you take it. It's 
Why would you shoot it if you're not yeah. going to take it? I'm I'm down, Kurt. He so point being is you had to maybe he maybe he's been doing this for years on TV. Yeah, exactly. Like he shoots a, a doe or whatever on film to get the the kill shot, and then he leaves him late because it's too much work. He's got other stuff to film well, or and, some stuff to produce or a company to run, and then. But the thing is, it's that's a thought out decision. Usually, maybe he does it so much he don't think about it anymore. But to to see shoot an animal, kill it, go up to it. He had footage of it. I guarantee oh, it. Yeah. It's on film oh, yeah. somewhere. So maybe that's where this is getting like he had to plead guilty. You, they probably confiscated all his cameras, all his footage. The DNR probably came through there. If if I was them, I'm assuming they ran shop on him. Oh, I bet. Um, hey, here's here's another. They brought a backo out. Like how? Or you know, I, I I agree with your your ten years, dude. This this guy's white privilege ends today. You don't own, use the word word white, white privilege on the but podcast. Like, all right, it's that's, it, that's a joke. You have is, to clarify because people don't know you're making that. joke. Yeah, no, that's that's that. a total joke. But to be fair, you know, you own hunting property in Wyoming, so once-in-a-lifetime bull, because apparently this bull was a monster. Well, no, I, if I you, read it was 350. If you're a landowner in the state, you should know all the hunting regulations. Yeah. You're there enough. And, that, and that's true, too. Sure. But, like, you know, number one, you shoot a bull that guys around here can only dream about, and you're just, yeah, piss on it, whatever. You bring a backo out there, like, you're not even going to take the joy and well, certain you know, states, I don't know Wyoming, and I don't know if I ever go hunt there, I will know for sure. There's <laughs> yeah. certain states that you can't use, um, like four wheelers or trucks or equipment to pack out a bull. But how that's part of the experience, dude. You sign yeah. up for that shit. Hey, man, you know, you got custom slack, man. He's got a show to film, he's got a company to run, super you know. Busy. You I know, don't, super busy, and I'm I like, don't give a fuck all right when it comes to hunting properly you need to know the regulations because you make us look bad our beer drinking and swearing doesn't make us look bad it's people like you that make us look bad every time you go out there and violate the laws because these people are waiting for us to mess up and you give them ammunition every time you do shit like this you give us hunters a bad fucking name whoa easy up bub and i'm just saying it makes it really, really well, difficult for us to enjoy our lifestyle when you're just pissing on it. Here's my thing. You mother- no, come on. That last motherfucker was too bad. Like, it's it just makes me mad, dude. You're like, so aggressive. You should have known. It's the maddest you've ever been on a podcast. For you should sure. know. You are right. 100%. And um, super explicit, by the way. Whoa. Yeah, let's edit a couple um, of those out. You said white privilege in the F word and like all of it. So. Uh-oh. I'm um, one of them. <laughs> but listen, though. Like, really, it's, uh, it is too bad. Um, I'm gonna write down 29ish minutes here, yeah, so let's I can get edit these f bombs. Gee, Willikins. Um, but I'm not wrong. No, I mean, you're not wrong. Just, I'm just I'm busting your balls. But how, it's uh, just judging by the comments from everybody else's uh, on the Wild Game Nation and some of the other stuff. There's a lot of people that feel the same way. I think so. I think the whole hunting industry does. And but here's the thing. Let's let's take a positive out of this. This this teaches a lot of people, man. You got to be ethical. If, oh, yeah. if you're not ethical, you can't be in this game. Doesn't matter who you are, you will get caught. You're not above any laws, um, no matter how much money you have or how. Hand me one of those soda pops over there, with please. Um, I do. It, Brian needs one. There you go. Um, 
one thing I'd like to see taken away from this is I hope this is a wake-up call to the hunting industry to just kind of teach people. I mean, I don't know what it is, man. And people on top with money, it changes your thought process. And uh, I think so, dude. I think that they think they can get away with it because, like, yeah, hey, don't you know who I am? Maybe, but I wonder if uh, I wonder if the uh, what's their show, <laughs> Miss Wild Game Nation, man. I wonder if that'll be around. I actually went on the the one that was just super mean to you at the at the show. I went on her. Uh, I don't know what I can't remember her name. But I don't. We won't even bring it up because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. And plus, I don't want to give them the, the fucking shout out. But I went to the, uh, her their Instagram, and I don't know. If they, I, I went to see. I went, I was curious to see if they had a, like a fan profile. And I didn't see one, but there's no statement from them either. But no, I did you are they sponsored by Under Armour? I you know all I can see it's weird, dude. Um, when you go to like their uh, you know Instagram, yeah, you can see them wearing Under Armour stuff, but they never like, like a sponsored thing tag them or anything. And uh, the fact that Under Armour really hasn't come out and said um, said anything is but the thing is like, curious. They do stuff with like Buck Commander, and you know I and whoever but there's probably a lot of people that are like dude come on man we did work together like you were probably on, like say we had a tv show and he was on and we're like oh he's bill's a good dude you know bill's a good guy there's probably a lot of people going damn it bill now we're now we look associated and you're making everyone look like a bunch of just unethical bastards yeah. you know well i mean they got to take the l it's collateral damage i i don't know what else to tell you like i i can't feel bad um maybe i could Bad image for hunting, good learning lesson for the industry. What I want to see out of the industry is just the realness back in it. Mm-hmm. People doing it for the right reasons. I think you, it's coming out left and right. Like every now and then, there's so many shows nowadays that it's like, oh, somebody got busted. TV Hunter gets busted again for game violation. That's a common thing you see now. It's not good. And you know what's funny? They're getting caught because people watch their shows and they're like, hey, that doesn't look like they're hunting where they're supposed to be. You've got... True. Well, how I mean, often do you hear, oh, Luke Bryan hunts several miles over here, and when you see Luke Bryan hunting on TV, you're like, that's right by my house. Like, I know that area. Yeah. If Luke Bryan shoots three bucks out of one stand, and I'm like, hold on, Luke Bryan's a non-resident, he just thought, shot three bucks? Not saying he actually did that. But no, like, yeah. He, like, it, for example, you're like... People, it's getting reported. People yeah, you, talk. yeah, you're going to know. And if you're going to commit a crime, probably don't do it in front of uh, a million and a half people. I mean, a public look what, road. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look what a, happened. These dudes did this. <laughs> a camera. I mean, and I'm I'm all about being ethical. You have to be, man. You, you have ha- to absolutely be. have to be. There's You can't. I mean, and, you in know, this game, you can't not be ethical, man. Yeah. Ethical shots, ethical actions. And it's, you and, and you can you know for all those people who are well he was on his private land he should be able to do what he no wants. No one's saying that, dude. Uh, there's a I'm couple of people you know, are saying that. No, they're not. If no. they are, then I don't care. That's just it's yeah. Stupid. But but what I was gonna pig, uh, piggyback onto that, it's like these rules have been set to help the population, and there's a reason why these are here. You may not always agree with things, and there's things that we do strongly disagree with, but there's certain things that you absolutely cannot do as a as a, and that's not just you know rules and regulations that's like moral wise like don't leave something lie that you just killed especially when you walk, when you can walk right up on it that meat is going to be good that can go to so much good you could have even if you didn't want to put the work in 
imagine if you would have put the, a little bit of work in and donated that meat, then hungry people get fed. Instead, you just wanted to leave it there because you were too lazy well, to just, get it. It's just pure disrespect. But. And it's disrespectful, too. Well, we, let's kind of segue on. We went on this rant. I felt like it was very important to talk about. And it was kind of – it's – Sorry, we're, Kurt. We're, I went off the rails. I, and you went I, super deep. I was kind of make, trying to make eye contact with you, try to reel you back in, but there's not. You were in the zone. Sorry, Kurt. I'd like to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's great. It is great, but it's it's a good learning lesson, man, for the industry. I hope that it atones. I hope it just really brings like what you're going to see. I think now is you're going to see the people that are p- real passionate and care about this stuff. Do you think this is a wake up call? Because there was a couple other yeah, guys dude, that got sure. popped. That not this bad, dude. Dude, I don't know. There's been some big names that got pinched for stuff, but I mean, maybe yeah. this is the worst. Maybe this is a big wake up call. This is the biggest one in the hunting industry for a long time. And have you guys personally had any run ins with like DNR when you've been out hunting? That's uh, a good time. I um, I know. I mean, I did when I was young. I was about ten. And it was shotgun season, you know. Uh-huh. My stepdad dropped me off, and I went up and hunted a fence line. Didn't shoot anything that night, but walking back down to the pickup, it's still light out where I can see. Right. But I didn't have a watch on me or anything on my phone or nothing. I didn't know exactly what time it was. Gun's still loaded. I meet DNR officers top of the hill. I get a warning, you know. So, oh, really? Because you were still had a you were still loaded, loaded, loaded in front of him. Yeah. So I mean, something I learned that I probably wouldn't have picked up on had I never had the opportunity, or, you know, right. to tell me like that. So. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a. I used to hunt Central Illinois, like Fulton County, and when I was young, it was my first, first or second um, shotgun season. I was real young. We went down and hung, or we set up a ground blind in the dark uh, the night before opening shotgun season. Just like, nah, no skill involved. Just like little tykes. <laughs> so I went with my dad and his friend, and it was me and my buddy um, went out there and popped this ground blind up. And we're on our way back and. Um, my dad and his buddy are in the front seat and we're in the back seat shining flashlights out the window, <laughs> like looking for deer, shining them around, <laughs> being kids. Um, but we didn't know and at all. And we're in a private area that's, you know, there's a gate to get in and out of the property and we pull up to our little lodge and there's like six trucks pull in and surround us. And we're like, we thought it was our buddy, our other buddies coming into camp. And I'm like, oh, look at it. They're here. And I'm like, oh. And my dad's like, oh, that's a DNR. I wonder what they want. Like, no big deal, you know, right. whatever. Didn't even think we did anything wrong. And he comes up. He's like, yeah, you guys uh, you guys shining deer? We're like, what? And he's like, shining deer, you trying to shoot deer out of your truck. I saw you guys from our uh, airplane shining flashlights out your window while you're driving. And uh, <laughs> my dad's like, no, just the kids in the back. And we had our flashlights back there. Just kids in the back just shining out the window and stuff. He's like, oh, just let you guys know. Like, you can't do that. Like, it looks bad yeah. from us, for our point of view, which they're doing their job, man. I get it completely. All super cool. They checked us over. Everything checked out. They're like, no, like, it's kind of funny now. Like, just I get it. The kids are out having a good time, whatever, looking for deer, goofing off in the back seat, whatever. It's, he's like, just let you know. You can't do that. You can't shine deer. Right on. You can, in Illinois, you can't even pull up and shine into a field and with your headlights. Mm-hmm. And which is 100 you know, I didn't know then, but I'm all on board for it. Now I get it, but yeah, that's you, my only one run in. You know what I I think would be a good deal and I remember growing up um I grew up in Rock Island, Illinois and officers always had the had the, you know, the dare program and if you if you saw a cop and you were a kid, "Hey, can I get your dare card?" Right? Do you remember dare cards? 
I never had a dare card, but I did. Do you remember them? I don't remember the dare card. I remember the program. Okay, so what what the deal was with this is, um, you know, you can go up to cops and they would give you like <laughs> it was like their baseball card. It had their stats, and I remember one a former cop was my math teacher. He had the corniest one, but it made you feel really familiar with with police and. You know, you could approach them with anything and, you know, don't snitch. You know what I'm saying? Not, not what I'm saying. But, like, no, it, it, it as a kid, it made you feel really good uh, about being able to have open communication with police officers. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be a bad idea to have a similar program like that, you know, with with uh, hunters. You know, uh, obviously, when we do the hunter safety course. There's a couple DNR officers out there. Yeah, but being able to have a really open conversation with them because sometimes they're the last people you ever want to deal with, but yeah, for sure. oftentimes they're a very, very good resource. Like I remember when um, you need you need them, man. For yeah, sure. when last season opened up and I didn't, you know, we got we saw that Facebook post where it was like, hey, you can use your bow during gun season as long as you have a firearm. Tag. A week, all I think me, you, Mark, our buddy Gene Miller, mm-hmm. um, our buddy Trevor Schmidt. I think we all individually called our DNR office. I called. Uh, I, I can't remember which DNR guy I called. And man, I wish I could give him a shout out right now. But I called him. Uh, I, I I texted a former uh, former DNR officer, Scott Wright. Very good dude. And he's like, he's like, dude, I retired. I'm out of the loop. Uh, he's like, I'll put a phone call in for you. But I was staying at the counter, so I looked up, and you can find their numbers. I called them. I said, hey, I'm Steven. Hey, I just got a question for you. And he already answered it. He's like, yeah, I've got this question a bunch. Very cool guy. I was just like, hey, I just what was make his sure. name? Scott Wright was the... Uh, yeah, who, what was the officer you talked to? I, and the, I can't remember that guy's name. And it's it's bugging me because I, I I didn't think to pull this up. I didn't think we'd, we'd to, go here to bring up DNR and all this. And um, you know, and, and be, so this being said, we're we're not we're not shunning anyone who's gotten a violation of any sort. Like little things happen. Like it's that stuff is fine. When, when we say we hate on Bill Busby's this hard, it's because this is a major thing, and he's a public role model for mm-hmm. hunting in the industry. So you know, if you had a little petty ticket for like for instance like brian circumstance like if someone were to get a ticket for that like you know that's an uh, honest mistake like i didn't mean anything by it like I, it's you didn't poach an animal and let it lay in disrespect <laughs> yeah exactly but um like for example i don't know and and maybe listeners if you guys want to message in tell us your experience good or bad and um maybe some people have got screwed you might have that but um, in Illinois, if you find a dead a deadhead, a dead buck, or oh, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you it's you have to. And it used to be this way: you're supposed to call the DNR before you even touch it or move it. Um, and when I found, I put we posted pictures on our Instagram and Facebook of the velvet buck, the velvet roadkill buck that I picked up last about a year ago now, um, last summer. First thing I did, I called. I, I found out Mercer County, Illinois. I called DNR, called Mercer County Sheriff's Office. Um, I did reports through both of them. Um, I recorded the deer. Um, the, I, I just found this deer. This is the date. I just called Mercer County Sheriff's Office. This is the time. Um, I called the DNR office, um, and they told DNR called and told me take the head, get online, report it, get your DNR salvage number. Then you can do whatever, mail that in, request your tag, and uh, or you know submit it online. Get your tag. You can go ahead and take it to your tax service. Make a temporary confirmation number down on a piece of paper, and do that's what you got to do. Um, cover your ass. You, you never yeah. you never do too much. 
Um, so right. just a tip, if you find a deadhead, while you're shed hunting even, find a deadhead, it's all rotted out and it's all skull, might be worth making the phone call. Probably nine times out of ten, just take it. Yeah, and you, what they'll say, but and, and you had a really good experience. I mean, yeah, you were on the phone for a little bit. You know, you had to put a little bit of work in, but you know, I, I remember when you were telling me, you're like, "Oh, dude, everybody was cool about it." They're like, "Yeah, no big deal." It was mm-hmm. worth it for that one, for sure, yeah, man. Yeah. And that mountain, <laughs> that, that not, mountain looks not so many good. Velvet bucks mounted around. No, well, that I looked on. I think first week of July, I found that buck, and he's big. He's a big buck, and he still had a couple months of growing yet, you know? Dude, I remember getting that phone call. I was in Chicago at the time. I don't know why. Doing but, yeah. What? I have no idea. I just remember I was in the middle of... I'm getting pictures right now, texted to me, of our new t-shirt design. Oh, man. Got to look at that. And it looks awesome. Oh, if you're listening to this, you probably are already wearing one. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on when you are. So, Maybe let's... um. Quick. I, I want to switch gears. Yeah, I want to switch gears, but I want to I want to talk to talk to Brian a little bit. I want to find out who Brian is because I don't really know Brian. I met him at your wedding. You did. We went on a rant, but that was that needed to be talked about. So it Brian, did. well, I didn't want to put you on blast, and as he is like the guest episode, like maybe you wanted to get like get your feet wet a little bit. Cool. Come back later for your own. <laughs> sure. You hear me out. <laughs> you know, you guys can get close now. I'll watch. <laughs> You hear that? I'm moving the mic in. I want to get right <laughs> next to you. <laughs> All right. First time we met where I was at Kurt's wedding a couple weeks back. And uh, I, was, I was pretty pretty sauced. And you you did the ceremony. You yeah. married Kurt and Sam. It yep. was beautiful. It was good. Yeah. Good day. Brian cried. <laughs> did he? I, I couldn't tell. There was no tears in my eyes, but Curtis oh. was whimpering for a second. Well, we were we were sitting on straw I bales, did, and but I brought her back. <laughs> they, we were sitting on straw bales, so I was I, I was emotional. I don't know what it was, but you know, you you pulled me aside. You're going, Steve. Yeah, how you doing, Brian? <laughs> you're like, dude. Listen to like every episode. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. First time or long time listener, first time caller, and I look at you. I go, "What the hell is wrong with you? Why do you listen to that podcast?" <laughs> did you actually say that, Brian? <laughs> he did say that. Yeah, I was at the reception. Yeah, you did say that. Oh yeah, you yeah. Said, really? Okay. I yeah, just, I just want to call Steve on his bluff. No, 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 no. And he was sitting right, uh, right across we were, from us. His... We were digging out of the cattle trough for bush lights. So no, you were still sitting at the table with your oh, with yeah. your brother and um. Two uh, two women who are both way too beautiful for both of you. I I, I still <laughs> thought that you guys had to coax them in to come with you. Maybe a little money had to exchange hands, but uh, yeah, two beautiful blondes and Thank you and you. your brother. But yeah, I thought that was cool. I was like, and he goes, "I recognize you from the Snapchat, man." I go, "Oh God, which one?" <laughs> oh, all of them. Very distinctive looks, Steve. Bad. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Brian's gift for. Marrying us was a pack of pseudo Sues, which is Topland Goliath Brewing Company out of Iowa, and awesome. a, fantastic one of our new working class bow hunter Richardson hats. That Loving was his, it. That was his nice. gift. Did you wear the hat when you drank all the beers? <laughs> um, not yet. I've, I'm saving it for a special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Brian. When this episode debuts, so you can listen to it live at his house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who who are you? I'm um, Brian Johnson from Lux, Illinois. Um, I work with Curtis and just, uh, uh, I don't know how, how, I mean, I'm Hunter, um, hunted bows or hunted archery back in college quite a bit. And then 
as time got on and took a job with deer as kind of a travel position and I traveled quite a bit. So I kind of fell off the map a little bit, a few years, mm-hmm. um, still did like shotgun hunting with family every year, but, um, recently picked up a newer bow and getting back into the game. So well, do you get some working class bow hunter grips on your bow? Don't you? Oh, yeah, buddy. A special set. Yeah. Oh, what bow is that on? The old Hoyt that we picked up. <laughs> it's sharp. I like it. Is it? It looks good. Oh yeah. What you? What was the story you told? You took it in somewhere to uh, just get it, like just looked over, and you're. Oh, like, that was him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Stream up there in uh, Bettendorf or Davenport, wherever it's at, and just kind of showing it off, and I was getting compliments on the working class bow hunter grips and everything. So. I thought you said. I thought you said something like. I just picked it up at a yard sale. Yeah, I just bought it at a yard sale. Somebody's going to get rid of it. So <laughs> They opened it up like, damn, this is awesome. Look at this, man. So, yeah, you're you're getting back into archery. Did did we inspire you to get in, or was it Curtis, or what 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 got you the bug again? I know uh, me and Curtis worked in the field together last year for a few months, and yeah, um, started listening to the podcast, and that definitely did kick up the notch, you know getting things rolling i uh, recently just put some food plots in here a couple weeks ago so went out and checked on those last night we got some growth so i'm pretty excited about that what'd you plant i put in sugar beets and turnips and you got canola growing huh <laughs> yeah, it looked like canola coming up so we'll see we'll see what i was sending kurt some pictures last night so i don't think this is what i planted but we'll see i don't know anything about like i just don't know a lot about food plots man i don't Kurt kills deer in the timber, guys, for those of you who want to know. I am a timber hunter, man. It, 90% of the deer I shot are hardwoods bucks, man. The only reason I went with, like, the sugar beets is the, um, oh, I'd say maybe a half mile, mile away. Like, there's a guy that's got a big food plot of sugar beets, so just kind of feeding off of those, and right. hopefully we can keep the... They say the sugar beets and turnips, um, once they find them, they go nuts over them. And I've I've planted me and my dad planted turnips forever ago, and they got huge. And I never saw any deer eating them. I've seen them pulled up out of the ground a few times. I mean, like they'll get a hold of the the leafy part and rip it up out, and then mm-hmm. they say they come back for like the the actual beet part of it later or the turnip after later. the frost or something. Yeah, oh, they so get like, sweet or or I'm guessing it's probably got sugars in it that they're they're getting after. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's like opposite of squirrels, so they'll pull stuff out of the ground and let it sit there rather than bury it and go back and try and find it. True. It's kind of goofy. <laughs> but something I always like wondered about is I, we've talked about this. I think with uh, Clark Cummings from Respect the Game, he's kind of like a food plot master as well with uh, our buddy Aaron Calderon. Um, but I was wondering, well, if the deer can't find it, pulling up, cut it in half, and see if that would get them to kind of like sniff it or try it. I don't know. That might be yeah, crazy. I'm not sure. I don't know how how close to baiting that is. I mean, I know you planted it, but you know, you got, that's a fine line to fine walk. Fine line, I think. I don't and, think it's baiting at all, really, though. Or is it? Because, I mean, it's like the mowing corn thing. I don't think he can do that now. Yeah, I'm guessing if it's tampered with. I know. You can mow corn. I don't think he can. You, you can't mow it if you have it in the CRP program. Right. I think you can't just mow it and let it sit there. What's, yeah, why not? Know, let's say like dove season, you can mow sunflowers. So you can knock down some patches and that's fine. Um, I've, I've been out to get, kick back on the uh, topic earlier. been dove hunting too. And uh, we went out, the patch was kind of green mm-hmm. and it was mowed, but the seeds weren't mature. So they weren't really even falling off the heads. And right. we actually had DNR come check us that day too. And uh, just check for plugs and everybody was good. And he kind of, he walked around our... Uh, sunflower patch and he was pretty much making fun of us he's like yeah most guys hunt over dead sunflower patches I, i'm not too worried about you guys getting over your limit today <laughs> really <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's, that's funny 
Yeah, but why do you think you couldn't? I mean, unless I'm wrong, I, I think, think his can, I from man might have been Calderon telling us. I think he was saying if it's in the CRP program, you can't mow it. Uh, I'm gonna look into that because that's a big thing to know because you don't want to get popped on that. I thought he said that I don't plant that corn or soybeans, so I don't really have a reason to know. But I thought he said if you you can plant like a crop and you can enter it in the C, in the CRP program, I'm sure there's certain regulations and stipulations and whatever, but it's got to stay up. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna look into this. We'll we'll reach out to some DNR officers, ask them for their dare card. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I would think that it wouldn't matter as long as you don't have it in a program. If so, say I'm a farmer. I have say I have a farm and I plant a corn plot, and I'm like, well, late season, I wouldn't mow it. I'd leave it up, honestly. But um, I don't know. Say I wanted to mow it. Okay, what's the difference if you do that or you? What if? Okay, or I'll do this. No, I won't mow it. I'll just take my combine, and open everything wide open, just drop cobs everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's yeah, the difference? I, well, I mean, you know, is it the intent to how would bring anyone know in? your intent? I mean, but again, yeah, okay, so yeah, intent's thrown gonna, out the window I'll, because you intentionally planted that to bring deer there. I'm gonna set my combine <sighs> like ass and harvest and just spread corn out the back. <laughs> What's the difference? I don't know. Fine I, line. I don't know, dude. I'm. Well, See, I'm curious about it, so I want to okay, look into it. So you harvest, uh, you harvest a, a cornfield, and then in the middle of the field, you open up your auger and just dump 400 bushel of corn right in the middle of the field. See, but what is the difference between that and pulling a bag out and opening a bag? If you're in Michigan, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, we're talking Illinois. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, it's, it's weird, man. I know. It's that fine line that you got to try enough. to figure out. And you don't want to get, again, you don't want to get pinched for this, but. I don't know enough. I don't know enough about that. I don't, I've never had to worry about it. No, no. Because um, you're always in the woods, hunting. That's it, honestly, that's the truth. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've planted clover by hand and hunted over that. I killed deer over clover, but. Uh, you know, I guess it's different. You can't just put a pile of clover there. You know, if uh, you got a grain cart driver and you're a farmer and he spills a whole grain cart and there's <laughs> you got 500 bushel of corn in a pile and you your ground blind was already there and it was an accident. I mean, I would say, yeah, it's probably baiting, but is it really? You didn't do it, yeah. But you're still making the conscious decision to hunt over it, but it's like, hey... Man, that's such a scam. Dude, we need to get that's, the NRL. That's Ted Nugent's like argument. Okay, so say I hunt next to an apple orchard and I grab an apple from underneath the apple tree and put it over by my stand and that's 10 yards away. Is that baiting? Technically, yeah. Okay, how about I don't do that and the apple tree is still sitting there and that deer eats an apple that's under the ground but it's just 10 yards over underneath the apple tree where it fell. See, and if you read the if you read the rules and regulations for Illinois, it's uh, it says you know you the only food you can put is if like you plant it and it grows up that. So it's is. Okay, I plant an apple tree underneath my stand. And apples fall, roll down the hill of the base of my tree. <laughs> <laughs> then you, my friend, have prime time property. <laughs> you plant it how you're going to plant it. You have it set up how you want it set up. What's the difference? But, hey, I will say this. I'm 100% against taking some wild games, innovation, greens enraged, <laughs> and right open is. it underneath your stand. See, will this change the game? Because they have, like, the crushed wild game innovations for Lee and Tiffany. Oh, yeah, and all they that do, shit. don't they? Yeah. Oh, boy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, man, this ripple's hitting a, li- a little Does bit harder. Does it give a shock you have something <laughs> through them? Uh, or is it just Tiffany with the, the pink crush beet, sugar beet? Pull that up. Look it up on your, on your phone. Let's pull it up. We'll, we'll just look together at the end of the show. Yeah, homie, I have no idea. Thanks for calling me homie. You, you, you used white privilege, the F word, multiple times and called me homie in one episode. You're really on a roll, Steve. That I am. <laughs> it's a good thing you're pretty. <laughs> pretty cool, man. It's actually the only reason why anyone listens to this show. Is that right? I heard you had a face for podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we're on uh, Wild Games uh, feeders attractants. Let's oh, hey, look, they have uh, <laughs> they have feeders. Those are illegal in Illinois. Uh, they have the vanish. Um, well, they have the acorn rage, which is sixteen pound bag of yeah, the crush sugar beet crush five pound bag. Um, I, you know what? I don't th- apple crush. I don't it, think any of this thing's going to be affected because uh, from they have like a they're not on their own company. I think Plano Synergy owns them. Who's that? Uh, Plano Cases. I don't know who Plano is, but owns Wild Game Innovation. Yeah, because that was kind of the statement. I, I didn't know. Yeah, that was a statement that Plano Synergy put out. Oh, they did. They put a statement out about this. Yeah, because they're like a sister sister or a sister company. Yeah, I didn't know they put out a statement. What was their statement? It was on the Wild Game. It was that that CEO that that the CEO statement? For what he was talking uh, about earlier on the show. I kind of glanced at it, but I had to. I had to. Talk really loud and fast into the microphone, so I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't read it. Uh, here, I just had it. I just had it pulled up. Yeah, it said Wild Game Nation, a subsidiary of Plano Synergy, would like to share the message from CEO David Dudick. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. Uh, it doesn't matter correctly, but uh, yeah, important message from yada yada yada. Hey, shouldn't have done that. We deliver high quality products and etc. Um, yeah, that the whole thing where they're gathering facts. I don't know, man. You might see a rebranding. I doubt that this will actually have as much of an effect as we think it will. It probably won't, but maybe it will. I mean, I don't know. I don't think if you're unless you follow um, things like podcast or forums, the main media of the of hunting. Who else is gonna? Like the local news channels aren't going to pick this up because there's probably not enough following to spark, I would, spark interest. You know, I would think where they're from, probably the local news stations would, and that's maybe about it. But you know, I'm curious to see, and our listeners can let us know. So, let's, in closing, let's do this. This this podcast was a different type of podcast. It was more like a gossip podcast, something that's going on news in the industry. Questions to our listeners that made it through this whole episode. God bless you if you did. What do you think about this whole Bill Busbis situation? Will you continue to watch the show? Will you buy the products? Um, will you still buy the trail camera? What do you think about the attractants they do? I'm hitting you with a bunch of questions. Write these down. Email us. How do you feel about Working the Working class bowhunter at gmail.com. Working class bowhunter.com. How do you feel about the whole bait topic we had? And let us know your DNR experiences. And... Does that cover it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What do you think? Did you like being on this podcast? Good time, definitely. Man, we, we went off the deep end a bit. You got to experience Steve get really awkward. <sighs> I've never been that fired up before. All right, 
I, I had to put on a front for you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me honest. You made me really uncomfortable. I was like, God, there's so much editing you're making me. I'm sorry, right man. I, again, I don't apologize for it because it needed the, to be said, man. We'll put the butt grunts over it. Um, all right, Brian, thanks for coming doing a podcast with us. Thanks for having me, guys. And I'm sorry at the same time. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Hey, you know what? Because we ruined Brian's good time, I saw you get the wide eyes. Brian, take us out of here. Go shoot your bow. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.